All right. Welcome, everybody, to the RS Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for listening on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's a Tuesday afternoon here, and we're going to bring you a very special episode here as we have special guest and aspiring sports analyst Landon Hammonds on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us, Landon. Thanks for the opportunity, man. Happy to be here. All right. So uh, we had a lot going on. We're going to talk about week 12 this week of the NFL. A lot happening. Um, I'm going to start with the Monday night football game. Let's jump right in here. Seattle over Philly, 23-17. And this was a slim margin for a team like Seattle to beat Philadelphia by six points. Um, There's a lot of different things that develop from this game, especially in the NFC West. But I'm going to look at some stats here. Before we jump into that, Russell Wilson was 22 for 31, 230 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. Their leading rusher was Chris Carson, eight carries, 41 yards, a touchdown, and five at an average of five yards a carry. And their leading receiver was DK Metcalf, 10 receptions, 177 yards, 13 targets. He did not score a touchdown. David Moore did catch a touchdown for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and for the Eagles, who scored 17 points, Let's take a look at this. Carson Wentz, 25 for 45, 215 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Um, he was also their leading rusher yards-wise for 42 yards, eight carry, eight uh, average yards a carry. And uh, Miles Sanders had six carries for 15 yards, 2.5 yards a carry. And their leading receiver was Dallas Godert, uh, seven receptions, 75 yards a touchdown, 10 targets. So... This was an interesting game. Uh, Seattle kind of pulled away early, and Philadelphia was able to find something in the second half, at least it seemed, to sort of try and make their way back. And they cut the margin down to six, but uh, ultimately unable to get the job done. Um, and I want to get your thoughts, Landon, real quick on this game, because like I said to start, uh, six points is sort of a slim margin for a team like Seattle to beat a team like Philly, who's been struggling all year long, especially at that quarterback position. Yeah. Um, you know, this was a very disappointing game to watch, for, like for the Seahawks, you know, because Russell Wilson, although he didn't throw any exception, interceptions, he only had one touchdown. But I'm really liking how Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf are playing together. You know, this game really showed again that they are one of the most deadly duos um, in football. And for the Eagles, man, um, their run game, they have got to do something about that. I know the quarterback has been struggling, but Miles Sanders only running for 15 yards, that that's a problem. And they need to figure that out if they want to do anything in that tight, tight conference. Um, but as far as it goes with the Seahawks in the NFC West, I think that they will end up winning it. However, all those teams can beat each other. You know what I mean? The Seahawks can lose to the 49ers. They're just such a tight conference. They all have, you know, pretty good talent. Um, but this game really showed a lot um, for what we're going to see going on in the season. Absolutely, man. I, I like what you said about uh, the rushing problems that Philadelphia was having because we look at a guy like Carson Wentz, and he's he's not a uh, rushing quarterback by any means. He's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not a uh, Kyler Murray. And when you have – uh, Carson Wentz is your leading rusher. That's sort of an issue. Um, but that's sort of been Philadelphia's mantra this year is a lot of issues going on. People are speculating with the coaching staff. 
just a lot, a lot, a lot of issues going on in the NFC East as a whole, led now by the New York Giants. But I like also what you said about the San Francisco 49ers. That's a great segue into um, our topic, for a big topic, actually, this week, and that is the NFC West because Seattle um, and San Francisco were the only two teams to win in that division. And now we see these top three teams that have a very tight race. Um, we look at San, Fran- San Francisco beating uh, Los Angeles on Sunday. Uh, Nick Mullins was 24 for 35, 252 yards and an interception. Uh, Rasheem Mostert had 16 carries for 43 yards and a touchdown. And their leading receiver was Debo Samuel with 133 yards on 11 receptions and 13 targets. And for the Rams, uh, Jared Goff was 19 for 31, 198 yards, two interceptions. Cam Akers, nine carries, 84 yards, a touchdown, uh, nine yards a carry. And uh, their leading receiver was Robert Woods, seven receptions, 80 yards, 12 targets. The final was 23-20 San Francisco, who is now five and six. Um, So the Rams are unable to get the job done. It's always a tough um, when you're playing a divisional game. But um, I also want to point out to everybody listening that this NFC West race is extremely tight and it's a lot tighter than I thought because we look at Seattle and they're eight and three. Uh, the Rams are now seven and four. So they're a game behind Seattle. Arizona is six and five. They're a game behind the Rams and San Francisco is two games behind Arizona at five and six. Now I don't think San Francisco is going to do much in that division, but I think the division got a lot tighter. Um, obviously not a great game from Jared Goff. And uh, like you said, Landon, you think that Seattle is going to win this division, I think it's a very, I think it's a very fair assumption looking at the rest of Seattle's schedule. But I want to get your thoughts on that second place spot in the NFC West, that battle uh, between the Rams and the Cardinals, that sort of one game battle there, and it can flip on a dime, really. Yeah, um, again, that's another thing that can go both ways, and I think Kyler Murray has got to get it together. You know, they did, he did not have a good game this past week. Um, I just. He, he is their key component. Him and DeAndre Hopkins, they have got to be on the same key, and they've got to, you know, get those yards. Because, I mean, that's the main thing their offense has. And their defense is pretty solid. If they can play like we know they can play, they are very solid. But that's the same with the Rams. They have a great defense. And Jared Goff, he's just got to get it together. He's their main piece. And I feel like if, you know, that that's another game that can go both ways. And That'll be a very, very tight battle going into the late end of the season. Um, I just don't know. You know, it's hard to make any predictions or assumptions about this conference because it could go either way. But I agree with what you said about the 49ers, how they're probably going to stay down there. But the Rams and Cardinals, man, you just can't say what's going to happen because we really just don't know. If the Cardinals can play like they did in the beginning of the season, then we'll more than likely see the Cardinals out there that two spot. But it's just – we don't know. It's too tight, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's worth mentioning too, that that third spot really doesn't get a playoff spot. It really goes to that second, uh, second team, the wild card. I've been saying that for weeks too. We have the potential. If, uh, if, if, you know, if the scenario happens where they all win out, we're looking at a 12 and four team in the wild card in the Rams and a 13 and three team in the Seahawks. Um, at the top of the division, getting the first round by most likely. Now I haven't looked at their schedule. I haven't seen who they're playing, but I just think it's amazing that we have this race of two decent football teams. The Rams are okay. Um, we, 
the Cardinals are okay. Car- Kyler Murray didn't play a great game, like you said. Jared Goff didn't play a great game. Kyler Murray only threw for 170 yards and had an interception. He didn't throw a touchdown, and neither did Jared Goff. But I think it's worth mentioning that although these are two, I think both of them are playoff football teams, at the end of the day, that third spot doesn't get that playoff spot. So we're going to have to see a good football team not make the playoffs. And that, that that's just amazing to me that you can have a team that potentially goes 12 and four in the wild card if they win out or um, even Arizona not making the playoffs. So that's, that's just amazing to me. Yeah. Um, they're, I mean, they're all good teams. The 49ers, you know, they've had a lot of injuries that that's really backing them up, but the Rams, Cardinals and Seahawks, you know, they're, they're all playoff teams and it's just, I'm very excited. It's going to be very excited, exciting to watch uh, down the stretch. Absolutely. So we covered the NFC West. Uh, let's move to another divisional matchup that was Sunday night. Uh, Chicago in Green Bay. Uh, Mitch Trubisky gets the ball um, as Nick Foles was out with that injury still from Monday Night Football after they played the Vikings. Kirk Cousins got his first uh, Monday Night Football win that night. But here we are, week 12, the Bears unable to get the job done again. Five and six, they lose to the Packers. Uh, some stats here. Mitchell Trubisky, as we said, got the start. He was 26 for 46, 242 yards. He had three touchdowns and two interceptions. Their leading rusher was David Montgomery, 11 carries, 103 yards, no touchdowns, but an average of nine yards a carry. And their leading receiver was Allen Robinson, scoring two touchdowns on eight receptions and 74 yards, targeted 13 times. David Montgomery also caught a touchdown. Now to the winning Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers was 21 for 29. Very accurate. He was 211 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Aaron Jones was went for 17 carries, 90 yards, no touchdowns, an average of 5.3 yards a carry. And their leading receiver was Robert Tanyan. Five receptions, 67 yards, a touchdown on five targets. Now, this is a a very interesting game as well, because I don't think Nick, or I'm sorry, not Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky played that bad of a game aside of the two interceptions. He, he threw those three touchdowns. He was trying to lead the bears back. Um, and, but when you're, when you're playing a veteran quarterback, like Aaron Rodgers, who only uh, throws eight incompletions and four touchdowns, that's, that's very tough. Um, but this also ties a lot into the NFC North because we see the Vikings getting the win this week. Um, over the Panthers and the Vikings are now five and six and there's a tie for second place in that NFC North division and that that's proved to be one of the weak divisions um, in the NFC but I, I like the race for second place there too I think looking at the Vikings next week they play Jacksonville I believe and that should boost them to six and six and at least uh, to 500. Now, I don't think either of those, either if whoever wins the second place in the NFC North, if they get a playoff spot, I don't think they're going to move past the wild card. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on this game and uh, the tight race for second place in the NFC North now, because I think we can all say that the Packers are going to win the NFC North. Yeah, the Packers, you know, they're. I think this game against the Bears really showed their potential and how good they can be. You know, as you said, Aaron Rodgers with the four touchdowns and Aaron Jones with the 90 yards. You know, that I think that just shows how deadly that offense can be. And that defense played a fantastic game as well, as you said, picking off Mitchell Trubisky two times. Um, but somebody I want to look at for the Bears is Allen Robinson. You said he had two touchdowns, you know. And the Packers' defense is not terrible. You know, they're 
they're pretty good. But the NFC North, that battle for second place, I agree. If if something crazy happens, they do get a wild card spot. I don't think they will make it past. Um, the teams are just too inconsistent. You know, the Bears, they're on a five-loss streak. They started off fantastic, and I think that does have to do with Nick Foles and also their strength of schedule. Um, however, I think if they had Nick Foles, this game might have had a different outcome. Maybe it would be closer. I don't think the Bears would have got the win. Um, however, I do think that Nick Foles is playing better football, um, but he was injured. But, yeah, I think this definitely shows how good the Packers can be. You know, Aaron Rodgers played phenomenally. Same with uh, Aaron Jones and that defense. Um so I do see them winning the NFC North, as you said, by a pretty good margin. And that second-place spot, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Absolutely. And you and you mentioned the Packers' defense. Um, I, I failed to look down here um, at more stats, but uh, Mitchell Trubisky also fumbled the ball three times. So that's courtesy of the Packers' defense, as you okay. said, one of the stronger defenses in the league this year. Um, so Mitchell Trubisky threw three touchdowns but he also threw two interceptions um, and had three fumbles. So I want to I get your thoughts on the starting quarterback position. I know that I would, um, I would definitely play Nick Foles, and I've said it going back to Nick Foles' days in Philly. I don't think Nick Foles is a half-bad quarterback. I think that Nick Foles um, should have stayed in Philly. I think that that was – where everything went downhill for Philly was uh, trading Nick Foles instead of Carson Wentz. Um, do you think that Mitch Trubisky made any sort of or put any uh, doubt in Matt Nagy's mind of who he wants to start next week for the Chicago Bears? Man, if Nick Foles is back healthy, I think he's the definite star. Um, Mitch Trubisky, like you said, did not play a bad game for those five turnovers, you know, three fumbles. Well, did, did he get the fumbles back, you know? that on that um it says here that he fumbled the ball hold on one second three times he lost one of them so he, okay. he got two of them back okay either way a fumble's a fumble you know what I mean so that that should definitely show that Nick Foles you know I mean you got to think though Mitch Trubisky was playing the Packers who like we said is one of the better defenses in the league but I still do think Nick Foles is the, is the better quarterback here and I think we saw that in Philly whenever he won the Super Bowl um, I think that he is the better quarterback 100%. However, I do think that Mitch Trubisky kind of had a hard um, defense to play against for, for his first game back since week three. But, I mean, we'll see. I'm sure Nick Foles will have the ball next week. Um, but we'll see. It'll be interesting for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I definitely think that Nick Foles has proved worthy of that starting spot. Um, and has proved that he deserves the starting spot. Um, so I think whenever he's healthy, you know, Matt Nagy should just go ahead and put him in because that's their best bet at winning that second spot in the NFC North. Um, I just want to stick with the NFC North for one final thought here, and that's that the Vikings started 1-5. and five, And in the past couple of weeks, they've seemed to have uh, at least picked it up a little bit. Um and won a couple games. Now, what with their uh, one and five start, I believe in week in, when week seven rolled around, even before week seven, I said that uh, they should probably look at rebuilding. I don't think that Kirk Cousins has the ability to take them where they want to go. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on Minnesota now turning this around. Um, do you is there 
should Minnesota fans start um, believing in Kirk Cousins a little bit more and not be so quick as to say they want to get rid of Kirk Cousins? Or is there still some building to do? And does that start with Kirk Cousins? I 100% think Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. However, I don't think that he is the quarterback that will get the Vikings to where they want to be. I think that Dalvin Cook is a very key part of that offense. And, you know, he this year he's been having some trouble with injuries. And um, But Kirk Cousins, he – I don't think he's the franchise guy, and I think if there would, if the Vikings would go into rebuilding, he would be a key in getting rid of. Um, they could definitely have an upgrade there. Maybe it's from drafting a quarterback. Maybe it's from trading for a quarterback. I just don't know. Um, he just – I'm going to bring this up, the Monday night football, like the primetime situations. He hasn't shown me enough there to make me think that he's a franchise guy for the Vikings. However, I do think he is better than – a lot of quarterbacks in the league. Um, but And he's got a strong receiving core. Justin Jefferson showing to be one of the best rookie receivers out uh, right now. Um, and then he's got Dalvin Cook in the backfield with him, who has been a great rusher this year. Um, and then I want to go and say that their win against the Packers a few weeks back, that that is a big win for Kirk Cousins and that team. Um, that shows what he can do but it's just the fact of can he do it week in and week out. And I think that's the big question here. Absolutely. And, you know, you see uh, the Vikings actually starting to win a couple games. And I I really don't know if that's just uh, the play calling, if that's Kirk Cousins. Um, But whatever they're doing, I think they should stick with it because they got a shot at the wild card now. I counted them out early in the season, and I was wrong. Um, But here we are still debating on if Kirk Cousins can get the job done in the big game. And I really still think that they might need to look at getting another quarterback in the offseason, maybe using some picks to uh, trade a quarterback. I don't know any of any quarterbacks that seem disgruntled on their team. Maybe Deshaun Watson in Houston wants to get out of there. Uh, that's somebody that I've had in the back of my mind recently for the Vikings in the offseason. Um, but I think – It would be interesting um, what they would do with Kirk Cousins, especially if they do get that wild card spot. That would be something to me that would say, you know, what we've seen in the past, Kirk Cousins has, in the the year, he's only missed the playoffs once in the past uh, two years that he's been in Minnesota. Um, So maybe that might be an indicator that they might want to keep Kirk Cousins and use the draft maybe to get a backup or somebody like that. I don't know. Uh, the Vikings need to figure something out if they want to get to that Super Bowl, I think. Um, but it, the second-place spot will be interesting for sure. I'm going to move on to what I consider to be the game of the week this week. A lot of people before the season started had this game circled. Um, Brady versus Mahomes, Kansas City in Tampa Bay. Kansas City gets the job done. They're now 10-1, and 27-24 uh, over the 7-5 and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes was 37 for 49 on 462 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Just a phenomenal game from him. Uh, their leading rusher was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 11 carries, 37 yards, no touchdowns, an average of 3.4 yards a carry. And Tyreek Hill, have a day, yeah. 13 receptions, 269 yards, three touchdowns, 15 targets. He scored two of those touchdowns in the first half. Um when the Chiefs really went off on the Buccaneers and the Buccaneers uh, came back in that second half, Tom Brady 
was 27 for 41, 345 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Their leading rusher was Ronald Jones, nine carries, 66 yards, um, 7.3 yards a carry. Their leading receiver was Rob Gronkowski, six receptions, 106 yards, seven targets. Ronald Jones caught one touchdown. Mike Evans caught two. Um, And I want to start with the losing Buccaneers here because I had the Chiefs winning this game going in. I thought it was going to be a very entertaining game. I thought it was going to be close. I had the Chiefs winning. Um, So it's not a surprise to me that the Buccaneers lost. But I want to get your thoughts on the Buccaneers' loss because we've seen now they're second place in the NFC South, and they're probably going to hold that spot. But point being is that they've had a very up-and-down year. A very roller coasterish year. They're they're playing well one game and they're um, not the next. Tom Brady's struggled with throwing the deep ball. He threw two interceptions this game. So, what do you think the answer is for Tampa Bay to be a serious contender in the NFC? Um, I think it's the run game. You know, you said Ronald Jones. He only had nine carries and he said for sixty some yards. And I think that's a problem. You know, Tom Brady. As long as they have Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, they will do something special. I mean, you've seen the improvement. You know, they're 7-5, and five and God knows what they were last year. It was rough. Um, but it, I, th- I think Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, they need to kind of become that one-two punch that they can be, sort of like a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Le'Veon Bell, and Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb type. Because, you know, they're two talented running backs. And I think that if Bruce Arian started putting, you know, the run game in the playbook a little bit more, then it would relieve some stress and pressure off of Tom Brady to make those throws because, you know, the, the, the deep ball, the interceptions are coming back to bottom just because the run game is not there to support them as much. I think that that's the main problem. I think the defense is playing fantastic. Um, but I think it's really just that running game. They have a strong receiving core. I think it's the running game more than anything. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, You know, and obviously age is wearing on Tom Brady now, but I'm glad you mentioned Bruce Arians because the other thing I wanted to talk to you about with Tampa Bay is that in the past couple of days, even before this game, um, there, there were a lot of people, a lot of NFL insiders that were reporting that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady um, just haven't sort of clicked yet in Tampa Bay. They're having sort of a rough relationship. Um, Obviously Tom Brady, not the same uh, relationship with Bill Belichick. I mean, they've played together for a long time. Um, but that it's still not good when, you know, you have your starting quarterback and he can't sort of gel with your uh, coach. Some of the things that Bruce Arians has said about Tom Brady have sort of proved that their relationship isn't where it needs to be. Uh, do you think that factors into the way they've been playing this season? Oh, 100%. I think that, you know, Tom Brady, who in my opinion is the greatest quarterback of all time, you know, we all, we all know he has the talent, but I just don't think that – that I think the running game it really is the key. He doesn't have anything to help him. Um, and I think that the relationship with the coach and the coaching staff in general is, has a big thing to do with it. I think that there needs to be a healthy relationship. And I think that him at New England showed that. You know what I mean? He had a great relationship with Bill Belichick. They played for – many, many years, and I think that shows that a relationship with, you know, your quarterback and your coach can really do something. Um, but I think he just doesn't have enough weapons, like as he did in New England. Um, but he's still a talented quarterback. Like I said, with him in the pocket, you know, you're still going to be special, um, no matter the coach or the relationship. I mean, they have a winning record, and 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Um, he played the Chiefs. I mean that Patrick Mahomes is an you know upcoming superstar, and that's hard to do for any quarterback, especially Tom Brady, who um, he's old and he doesn't have the running help. And I think he's got that whole team on his back, and he really does need some help. Absolutely. You know, you and you mentioned the Chiefs, too. I mean, they are just stacked. I've been saying that for weeks on end now. And, you, you know, they were stacked before they got Le'Veon Bell. And that's just a great addition to add to that team. Uh, we'll come back to the Chiefs a little bit later when we talk about um, the game that has yet to be played because Week 12 isn't over yet. Um, but we have one more game to talk about before we get into that. And that is the Titans uh, getting over the hump, beating the Indianapolis Colts 45-26. Uh, they tie the season series. Um, let's look at some stats here. Ryan Tannehill for the Titans was 13 for 22, 221 yards and a touchdown. Derrick Henry had 27 carries on 178 yards, three touchdowns, an average of six yards a carry as he continues um, his MVP campaign. Um, their leading receiver was A.J. Brown, four receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Um, that was, Those were the stats for the winning Tennessee Titans now to the losing 7-4 and four Indianapolis Colts. Phillip Rivers was 24 for 42, 295 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, Naheem Hines had 10 carries on 29 yards, no touchdowns, an average of 2.9 yards a carry. Their leading receiver was T.Y. Hilton, four receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown on five targets. Trey Burton also scored a touchdown. So we see them tie the season series. Um... Tennessee got blown out the first time. This proved to be a little bit closer, but Tennessee did come out with the win. They are now 8-3, and three, one of the best teams, I think, in the AFC. Um, and I think it's all because of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has proved to be a just a force of nature right now in the NFL, proving that he could quite possibly be the MVP of the league. Um, and the Colts, you know, the Colts are also a team that I think could slip into that wild card spot, if not get a first-round bye. Um, I think they're a very underrated team in the AFC. But, Landon, I want to get your thoughts on this game and how the Titans played, um, how the Colts are playing this season, just uh, everything you think about this game. Yeah, this was, this is another game kind of like the – I mean, the top two have the same record as the NFC West. Seahawks 8-3, and three, Rams 7-4, and four, Titans 8-3, and three, Colts 7-4. and four. And I think they're both very, very talented teams. The Colts' defense is phenomenal. But I think I like what you said about Derrick Henry. You know, if he comes to play, then the Titans, I mean, they're almost unstoppable on the offensive side. Um, I think that, you know, when Derrick Henry doesn't come to play, it, it hurts the Titans. And I think this is another kind of with Tom Brady. You know, he needs help. Ryan Tannehill is having a phenomenal year, too. I think he's kind of looked over. Um, but the Colts, um, I love how they're using their backs as receivers. You know, Naeem Hines, he doesn't have great rushing stats, but he is fantastic in the air. Um, as well as somebody who's kind of come out of nowhere, Michael Pittman. He's playing very good as of late. Um, but the Titans, I think they're a fantastic team. I think these teams are both playoff teams for sure, playoff caliber teams. But um, Derrick Henry, I think he's just – if he comes to play, the Titans are going to be a very hard team to stop. And, you know – the Colts, the same with their defense. If their defense can hold, you know, the Packers, then they can hold anybody. That's just my thoughts. And I, and I agree with you every step of the way there. 
Um, you know, Tennessee is an underdog team as far as I'm concerned, because you look at the uh, who people think are the top two teams in the AFC. You got the Steelers, you got the Chiefs. Now, I agree with that. I think they're the two top teams in the AFC. Um, before we move on to that game, though, I want to ask you one more thing about the Titans. Um, Derrick Henry, we've seen a lot of him this year, and he's proving to sort of have an MVP caliber campaign. I think that it's between Patrick Mahomes and Derrick Henry. Do you think that Derrick Henry has a legit shot to be the MVP of the league this year? I think he does have a legit shot. I think him and Patrick Mahomes are going to have a fantastic race. You know, this is, I mean, Russell Wilson, let's throw him in there too. They're having a fantastic, all three of them having fantastic seasons. You know, Aaron Rodgers as well, but let's just specifically on Patrick Mahomes and Derrick Henry. I think Patrick Mahomes is having an insane year, another MVP caliber year. But Derrick Henry, he is just, I, I think he has a legit shot to win the MVP. He just, you know, he's insane. He can run over any defense he comes to. And I feel like Patrick Mahomes can do the same thing. It's it's going to be tight. And I think it all comes down to the touchdowns. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's leading the league in yards now, and he's probably up there in touchdowns. I'm not quite sure on that. But Derrick Henry, I mean, he had a hat trick in the first half against the Colts who people are starting to say is the best defense in the league. I think that he really does have a legit shot to beat Patrick Mahomes in this race. Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, again, it's going to be a very tight race and it'll be very fun to watch. We're going to move on to our last topic of the day. And, you know, I thought we were going to be able to watch this game today, um, but we hear about it yesterday. It was originally scheduled to be played on Thanksgiving, uh, the 820 primetime game, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. We find out that there were many players, including Lamar Jackson, that tested positive for COVID-19. The game gets moved to Sunday, and then it gets moved to Monday, or it gets moved to Tuesday after Sunday. And here we find out before the Monday Night Football game uh, last night that it won't be played today. It will now be played tomorrow. So before we do picks and talk about who's going to win this game, I want to get your thoughts on how the league has handled uh, this game and pushing it back um, as many times as they did. You know, obviously, as an NFL fan, I don't like it. You know, this I was anticipating this game just to see what Lamar Jackson can do against that defense. But, you know, I, I like the safety um, that they're, you know, they're obviously taking it serious and they need to be. Um, and I'm excited for tomorrow night, man. Tomorrow afternoon, actually, it's like 3.40 p.m. when they play. Um, but I'm very excited. Um, Lamar Jackson will be inactive, and I do think that that will – be big you know if Lamar Jackson was there they had a legit shot but that Steelers defense and and Big Ben playing phenomenal his best football in years I think that that's a big big deal and that would have been a big factor and that would have been a big factor in that game excuse me um even if Lamar Jackson would have played um the Steelers are just playing phenomenal but that that's a close race too as well that'd be a big game for the Ravens to win um but I just with Lamar Jackson out, I don't see the steel or I don't see the Ravens doing much against the Steelers defense. Right. And you and you talked about that divisional matchup, and that's one that, you know, I've had my eyes on all year watching that uh those games being played. And it seems like the Ravens are proving to be not one of the top teams in the AFC, like many thought they would be. They're kind of struggling a little bit right now. And now with Lamar Jackson being enacted tomorrow. I don't want to give the game to the Steelers, but I think the way that the Steelers are playing, we could say that they will probably go 11-0. and 
Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who they have next week, but I don't think they're playing a very good team next week, so that'll be 12-0. and um, I, The next couple games, I have, the game that I have circled that might be their first loss is the Buffalo Bills. Um, a lot of people are speculating if this team can go 16-0, and and I think they very well could. I think the problem also comes in with going to the AFC Championship, which I think they probably will against the Chiefs. And I've said it week in and week out. I'm not ready to say that the Steelers are a team that can beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are just as stacked as the Steelers. The only thing that the Steelers really have on the Chiefs is defense. So I think that's a close race. I think the Chiefs come out on top. But I I also don't think that Pittsburgh is going to be able to go 16-0. I think the Bills might give them their first loss in the next couple of weeks because the Bills are a phenomenal football team, especially on the offensive end. Um, yeah, the Bills, and they play the Colts, too, and I think that could be a dogfight um, defensively. But, yeah, I do think the Steelers will go 16-0. and You know, the Bills and Colts, they'll put up a fight, but I just don't see them doing much against the Steelers. But, um, you know, that's all I really got about that. But I'm very excited to see if they can go 16-0. and Absolutely. Now, do you think – uh, my my last question here for you on the show uh, today is, do you, do you think that this uh, sort of – Kansas City Pittsburgh rivalry that we're most likely going to see in the AFC Championship. I would assume now. Um, who who do you think that goes to? Do you think that Pittsburgh is the best team in the league, or do you think that Kansas City is going to be able to stop them um, if they do meet in the playoffs? I do think this will be the AFC Championship matchup, and I do think the Chiefs are a better football team than the Steelers. You know, Big Ben, if he can keep playing the football he's been playing, you know that. They're going to be hard to stop. But Patrick Mahomes and that that offense is insane. You know, they're stacked. Tyree Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Patrick Mahomes, they, they're all playing great football. And that defense really isn't playing terrible either. You know, that, I thought that was going to be their weak point going into the season. But they've kind of proved that, to put that aside, you know, they obviously not played fantastic. But for the, the names they have on that defense, they have been playing fairly well. Um I do think it'll be a shootout between Big Ben and Patrick Mahomes, and I don't think the Steelers will be able to keep up. I think we see the Chiefs win that game. Um, this the overpowered offense that the Chiefs have. I don't think the Steelers and the Steelers have a fantastic defense, but I don't think that they will be able to stop Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on that passing attack. And I completely agree with you um, on that as well. I mean, the Chiefs just. One tough team, and uh, until I, I, it's one of those things that I'll have to see to believe if the if the Steelers can beat Chiefs should be close. Think the, I think the game goes to the Chiefs, and that is where we are going to leave it today here on the RS Sports Podcast. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to hear more just like it, be sure to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday night to get your latest in uh, sports. Uh, Landon, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast and um do you have any final thoughts before no i'm just excited to see the final stretch and i want to thank you for the opportunity um, it's been fun i'm glad to be here absolutely all right guys uh we'll catch you next time right here on the rs sports